Hello, this is Pastor Aaron Shepherd, and you are listening to the sermon podcast of Union Congregational Church, the church by the park in East Walpole, Massachusetts. At Union, we believe in the power of God's word. And so whether you are able to join us when we gather each week at 1015 on Sunday mornings, or whenever or wherever this podcast finds you, I hope that you are inspired anew to deeper faith and greater resolve by the message of the gospel. Our current sermon series is called The Saints of Summer. Throughout this summer, we are assembling an all-star lineup of both well-known and less well-known people whose lives proclaim the good news of God's grace. Here's this week's message. Our scripture reading this morning is Matthew 14, 22 to 33. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat battered by the waves was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. May God add his blessing to the hearing of this word. Well, this morning, I would like to begin a series of sermons this summer that I'm calling The Saints of Summer, uh, telling stories of uh, nine different people's lives and the way the gospel shows forth in them. And this morning, we start, of course, with St. Peter, the star of that story in our gospel today. The title of this sermon series um, is borrowed, not so cleverly, from a book by journalist Roger Kahn called The Boys of Summer, which is about his time covering the Brooklyn Dodgers in the 1950s. It's a history of the Brooklyn Dodgers in the 40s and 50s during the heyday, the era of, of that great and wonderful team. The book is about, it's, it's, a, it's a great baseball book. It's honest and detailed, it's got statistics, it's got some profanity in it, but it's this wonderful baseball book, in part because it's about one of the greatest baseball teams, I think, in the history of the game. Kahn wrote about the Dodgers when they had players like Duke Snyder and Gil Hodges, and of course, famously, Jackie Robinson. It was during this period that they went from lovable losers to National League champions six times and, and won their first World Series in 1952. The captain of the team, the captain of the Dodgers, was shortstop Pee Wee Reese. Pee Wee Reese, 
interestingly enough, was first discovered by the Boston Red Sox organization and played his first season in the majors in 1939. At the time, he was laying cable for a telephone company in his home state of Kentucky. And, the, and he was playing on the weekends in a church league. And major league scouts came and they saw him play and they recruited him to the Red Sox and he played in 1939 for the Red Sox. And then as is the want of the Red Sox, they traded him away to the Dodgers where he found consistent success, eventually becoming the team captain uh, in 1946. Despite his humble beginnings, Reese will always be remembered as the captain of that team who led the Dodgers not just to success on the field, but through the tumultuous era of integration. Reese was on a Navy boat returning from his service in World War II when he got a telegram saying that the Dodgers had signed a black player. And at the time, he was concerned but not because of the man's skin. He was concerned because he heard this was a shortstop, and he played shortstop. He was worried about his starting job. As it turned out, Jackie Robinson would start at first base and then eventually move over to second base for the Dodgers. The competition that Reese feared uh, never materialized. The two, in fact, became very good friends and, and collaborated well together there in the center of that infield. But it's no secret, it's no secret that in 1947 when Jackie Robinson joined the major leagues, he was not exactly welcomed with open arms into the game. The story is told that even before he joined the team, players had circulated a petition amongst themselves trying to get all the players to sign to tell the ownership that they, that they would demand trades if, if Robinson played on the Dodgers. And when the teammates came to Reese, they expected him to sign. He was, after all, a Southerner. He was, he drawled, he was from Kentucky. They just assumed that he would share their racist prejudices, but Reese refused. He was not a perfect man by any means, but he was not a racist. During Robinson's first season, the Dodgers traveled to Cincinnati, which is actually the ballpark closest to, to where Reese was from. And before the game, as often happened, the, the crowds were jeering and shouting taunts and insults as Robinson. Just This is even before the game begins. They're warming up on the field, practicing fielding grounders. Robinson was out there adrift in this sea of insults and vitriol, waves of hatred battering him from all sides. And then Reese halted the warm-up. He could do that. He was the captain of the team, after all. And he sort of moved mysteriously across the field to where Robinson was playing at first base. He came up to Robinson. He threw his arm around his shoulder, gave him a smile, and then looked into the crowd, staring into the dugout, staring into the opposing stands. He didn't say a word, but he didn't have to say a word. Pee Wee Reese from Kentucky knew the strength and the character of his friend Jackie. All he ever wanted was for everyone else to know it. Years later, Robinson reflected upon that moment and said, after Pee Wee came over like that, I never felt alone on a baseball field again.
And so, to this day, we remember Jackie Robinson as the first black man to integrate baseball. We remember how freedom and equality were delayed, but not finally denied. A, a useful message today as we celebrate Juneteenth, another holiday marking justice delayed, but not denied. Jackie Robinson risked life and limb. He didn't just do it because he loved baseball. He did it for the sake of the American psyche. He did what no one had ever been able to do before him, but he didn't do it alone. And I think that's worth remembering. He had a friend and a leader in Pee Wee Reese. And Reese always said of Robinson that no one else could have done what he did. He said he was singularly strong, singularly talented, but also singularly fierce and proud and able to withstand all of that vitriol in a way that, that Reese thought no one else could. And it was that respect between the two of them, the respect in a time when skin color often was a barrier to respect that made them friends that made them see each other as equals. And like Pee Wee Reese, the Apostle Peter was something like the captain of the early church. He was the, he was the starting shortstop for the apostles, I'd like to think. In Alban Butler's 1984 book, The Lives of the Saints, he describes Peter this way. He says, he was poor and unlearned. Perhaps he had a drawl like Reese did. But he was candid. He was eager and caring. In his heart, first of all, grew up the conviction, and then from his lips, the confession, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And so our Lord chose him and fitted him to be the rock of his church, his vicar on earth, the head and prince of his apostles, the center and very principle of the church's oneness, the source of all spiritual powers, and the unerring teacher of his truth. That may be a little much, but the point stands. Simon from Bethsaida, like Pee Wee from Kentucky, rose from humble beginnings and through candidness and eagerness, through care and conviction, he became the most visible leader of this early Christian movement, bringing people to him. He was not a perfect man, certainly, but what he lacked in knowledge and refinement, he made up for in conviction and that willingness to take chances and step out on faith. Sometimes a moment comes when you just have to do something that you've never done before. And that's what happened there when they were sitting in that boat. Peter called out to Jesus and said, if you command it, I will come to you. Sometimes we have to, like Peter, venture out of our comfort zones. And as this story shows, the results of that are not often positive. Not always positive, certainly. In a commencement speech at the University of Pennsylvania a number of years ago, the actor Denzel Washington spoke about this. He said, if you don't fail, you're not even trying. I'll say it again. If you don't fail, you're not even trying. He went on to say that his wife gave him these words of wisdom. To get something you never had, you have to do something you've never done. 
And I'll say that again. To get something you've never had, you have to do something you never have done. And that's, that's Peter. That's what Peter did. That's what Robinson did. That's what Reese did. They stepped out of the safety of the boat on faith. And they did it because, because something greater was calling them to do so. And for a moment there, Peter actually walks on the water. It says so in the scripture, if you listen close. We all remember Jesus walking on the water. But Peter, Peter walked on water too, at least for a second, until the wind kicked up and the waves looked out. It's sort of like in the old cartoons when Wile E. Coyote would run off the cliff. It was only when he looked down that he finally fell But if you don't fail, then you're not even trying. And Peter is perhaps the greatest example of this in the Bible. No one gets it wrong more often than Peter, I think. No one answers questions wrong. No one assumes that he knows what Jesus wants, and it turns out that he's wrong. No one misunderstands or denies Christ the way Peter does. The scriptures are clear to tell us that, and yet, the scriptures are also clear to tell us that Jesus said, you are the rock upon which this church will be built. He is remembered today not because of those failures, but because he did not let failure be the end of his faith. The main theme of, of Denzel Washington's commend, commencement speech was failure. He says, he says, when we fall, just as Peter fell, we must not fall back, but fall forward. He says, at least when we fall forward, we know what we're going towards. Reggie Jackson, Washington noted, struck out 2,600 times in his career. It was the most of any major leaguer, but no one remembers that statistic. They remember the 563 home runs he hit, or the 10 home runs that he hit in the World Series. And Jackie Robinson, an amazing player, remembered for so much. He was a career 313 hitter, which means seven out of ten times he got out when he got up to bat. Only in baseball can you fail seven out of ten times and still be in the Hall of Fame. But I think in many ways, as in baseball, so it is in, in faith and in life. When you fail, when you fall, the important thing to remember here is to fall forward. And this is a rich metaphor, I think, because when you find yourself adrift and battered and in wreckage, I think it is useful to remember to fall forward, to fall upon our knees, to find ourselves humbled and seeking help, as Peter did, reaching out for Christ, saying, help me, save me because sometimes that is all we can do when we have fallen. And that's what saints do. Perhaps the, the word saint may strike you oddly. Perhaps it conjures in your minds pictures of people with halos around their heads in, in Roman Catholic churches. But even Catholic theologian Peter Kreeft knows that Saintliness is not necessarily about being 
perfect about having that glowing halo around your head. He writes, the saints too had wandering minds. The saints too had to constantly recall their constantly wandering mind child home. They became saints because they continued to go after their wandering minds, just as the good shepherd went to find the ones that wander and bring them back. And so faith is not a matter of perfection. Saintliness is not a matter of being perfect or godly at all times, but it is a matter of persistence. Peter may have gotten Jesus's questions wrong again and again. Peter may have even denied Christ and fled from the scene of his judgment, but he still, he still, kept, he still kept following. He may have foolishly tempted fate by asking Jesus to bring him out of the boat, but he still, he still knew when to ask for help, and he knew when he got back into the boat. He, he worshipped along with the rest knowing that this was the Son of God, knowing that he was in the presence of a power greater than he, upon whom he could trust and rely. Peter somehow found his way forward again and again after failure because he was there when Christ was raised. And he was there when the Holy Spirit descended on Pentecost and he was there to proclaim the gospel in Jerusalem that day, to share the good news of assurance of Christ's presence, and eventually to share that news in Antioch, in Syria, and eventually to go even to the heart of the Roman Empire, where his life would come to an end witnessing, witnessing to the assurance and presence of Christ's love. Peter fell often, but when Peter fell, he fell forward. And that, I think, that is why he was named the captain of the team. That is why he was the starting shortstop for the saints of summer. He was the one with the keys of the kingdom, not because he was perfect, but because he was persistent. And that's what a saint is. Nelson Mandela once said, uh, I am no saint unless being a saint is, is being a sinner who just keeps on trying. Perfection is not the goal, but persistence is the key to the kingdom. And so like Peter, let us keep trying. Let us keep stepping out and doing things we haven't done before. And when we, when we fail, let us fall forward, trusting that Christ will be there immediately to reach out a hand and lead us onward. Amen. Thank you for listening. I hope this week's message has been a blessing to you. I know that having you listen to it is a blessing to our church. For more information about Union and its ministries, you can visit churchbythepark.org or find us on social media. Our handle is at churchbythepark. Our theme music is by the 126ers. Once again, blessings on your day, on your week, and may the peace of Christ be with you.